uh, you want to do it by yourself or do you want help? I mean, you're constantly giving them opportunities mm-hmm. to choose because that's some power and control. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting podcast, where we try to help you, the parent, by education, encouragement, and maybe a little entertainment with a really lousy joke now and then. I'm Dr. Douglas Peak, and I'm your host, and I want to introduce to you Kim Cross, our parenting expert. Hello, everybody. So good to be here. It is good, and today we are once again talking about one of the four critical needs of children. And so if you've been listening to this series, we've gone through all four of them. And so maybe we ought to just kind of uh, recap real quick. Sure. So we did the first one, which is security. Mm -hmm. The second one was unconditional love and affection. Mm -hmm. And the third one was belonging. And today it's a big one. We are doing the fourth critical need, which is a healthy amount of control. Okay. What does that look like? <laughs> well, we're about to dive in and find out, <laughs> but I have a joke first. Okay. Let's hear it. So a couple is sitting together and one of them says to the other, I am not a control freak, but I can show you the right way to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's not control at all. Well, not at all. <laughs> the definition of uh, uh, this whole notion of a healthy amount of control, it has to do with giving our kids a certain amount of power. Why don't you talk about that real quick? Yeah. So, you know, a healthy amount of control as a critical need means that we all need some. Mm -hmm. So if we don't have any, we feel out of control and it causes all kinds of issues. Okay. And if we have too much, particularly our children in a household, it causes a lot of chaos as well. So we're Mm going to navigate today how, what, what is control? What do we have control over? How do we share that control and why? What happens when we don't? Don't. So we'll get into that balance of finding the healthy amount. The healthy amount. And so it's about power. It's a capacity to influence or direct uh, people's behavior or course of events. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this, uh, because it's about power, we're really asking a question, how much power do parents have? How much parents do, uh, how much power does kids have? And so what's kind of the truth about this whole notion of power in the parent-child dynamic? Right. So if you're in a household with a lot of power struggles, you've got to ask yourself, what's going on? Does my Mm -hmm. child have too much or not enough? Okay. And so the more control we give away or we share, actually, the more control we get back, the more we have. Okay. If we hoard it or take it all, so the less control we share, the less control we have. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's kind of the opposite of what we think. A lot of parents will say, well, I have to control everything. And when they do that, they lose control. They lose control. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it's an illusion. You can't control everything. But on the other hand, if you learn how to give away control, you actually gain more control. So it's really understanding that nuanced dynamic. Correct. And what areas do we need to control? We'll talk about that. And what areas can we give away or have Mm -hmm. less control of and still maintain some decent amount of control in the household? And basically, we either share control Mm -hmm. on our terms, meaning we can... Of give away some or, or navigate some skills that we'll walk through today of how to share that control. Mm-hmm. Um, or we force other people into a corner where they feel like they don't have any, 
and then we lose that control and it's on their terms instead of ours. Yeah, okay. So so let's talk about this lack of control real quick. Uh, what are some of the signs that your children are out of control or they have a lack of control? Well, if kids are pushing back on absolutely everything, they're ha- they're melting down, they're having temp- temper tantrums, they feel like and act like they're frustrated all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, they put give a lot of pushback. It's one of the it's one or the other. So if kids have too much control, they're not equipped for that. Okay. These are young kids with lack of experience, lack of maturity, lack of ability. And if they're put in a position where they have too much control, it's very uncomfortable. Okay. It's scary. It undermines their their self esteem and their sense of security. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the opposite where kids have way too much power, mm-hmm. okay, or not enough, mm-hmm. um, rather, I should say. And so if they don't have enough, they feel like they don't matter. They're not heard. They're not seen. Their opinions don't matter. They don't have an opportunity to experiment and fail and try different things. And it can be very frustrating. Now, is there a difference between uh, strong-willed kids and how they respond and maybe more compliant kids. Right. So control is something that's healthy for everybody within a a reasonable amount. Mm -hmm. Your strong-willed kids are going to crave it more. They're going to want more. Okay. It's kind of their uh, drug of choice, so to speak. (laughs) But your compliant kids, uh, it's dangerous if we take all the control because they will be so compliant. They won't learn to connect cause and effect, cause, uh, connect their decisions with their consequences. And you create a kid that can be set up for peer pressure because they're always listening to that outside voice and they never think to make decisions or think through things or, or have some healthy control. Mm-hmm. So yes, your strong-willed kids tend to want more mm-hmm. and your compliant kids will be compliant and, yes. and won't push it. But learning to navigate power and control is healthy for everyone. Okay, so let's talk about then that based on kind of the developmental stages of kids. What can we control? Who controls what? Uh, what does that kind of look like depending upon their, their development? For instance, uh, obviously when you have a baby, you control everything. You because do. <laughs> if, if you don't, then the baby won't do well. You know, that's very important. So let's talk about that really quick. Yeah, so... As, as kids mature, we need mm-hmm. to, I call, let the leash out a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I remember I got schooled by my 10-year-old son one time where he sat me down and said, Mom, we need to talk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he said, you need to give me a little more, more freedom, a little more leash, right? Yeah, because yeah. I was forgetting that he wasn't a little boy anymore. He was starting to head toward puberty. Yes. And so kids, as, we, as they grow, need more responsibility, mm-hmm. more freedom, more decisions, more control, more um, options to navigate things on their own. And we have to remember that failure is okay in Good that okay. in that journey. So there are certain things we have to control. Okay, like what? We Always we need to keep safety in mind. Safety is mine. So okay. there's always a limit there. We don't bend on that. Correct. And mm-hmm. then respect. Okay, respect. If you lose respect from your kids, it's going to be very difficult to navigate any other kind of discipline. Yes. Because they, they don't care. They don't, they don't respect you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, rules of your house are key. It's your house, mm-hmm. right? They say, well, this is my bedroom. Well, you're borrowing it temporarily, yeah. but it's still <laughs> no. our home. <laughs> no, it's not. So, <laughs> it's our home and it's our rules of the house. And then your money and your car, you should have total control over. Yeah. You don't want your kids getting into your 
checkbook, your credit card, or taking your car at any time. Okay. Those are those are things you must have control over. Yeah, so they need to ask or you have kind of rules and things around that. Absolutely. So now what are some things that kids uh, can have freedom in? Like we don't need to control these particular things. In other words, how do we let out the leash? Right. So I want to start with a little caveat that these are all within reason when I list these Okay. Okay. So we don't have to control what our kids wear with the caveat of as long as it's appropriate. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, We don't need to control their hairstyle or hair color. Um, Hopefully you're providing healthy meals, but snacks. Okay. Let's give a little there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Bedtime. We can say it's bedtime, but you can't force a kid to fall asleep at a certain point. So at least they're in their room and they have the opportunity to to sleep or stay up, Mm -hmm. but they'll, They'll have a natural consequence in the morning if they've stayed up too late because they're tired, right? That's okay. Choices and activities, what sport they want to do, friends that they hang out with, again, within reason, unless Mm -hmm. it's a bad crowd, right? So, um, And then opinions and input and beliefs, those are all good things. You don't have to agree on everything, but we need to give them an opportunity to, to have some control or some sharing of those things. Mm-hmm. We don't need to control 100%. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important to understand that as a parent, what you're going to do is you limit options, and that's the way you control. And Absolutely. so what you want to do is like, you know, we've talked about this illustration. Let's say you have a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old. You know, you say, okay, we're having dinner now. Do you want, you know, peas or carrots? Correct. You know, kind of thing. So what you do is you control the options that they choose, but they get to choose, you know, and so you start practicing that. But as they get older, like, let's say you, you when they buy clothes, you know, and well, you you only have a certain amount of clothes in their closet. Right. A budget yeah. and then appropriate clothes, but they can yeah. choose which ones they're going to wear for the day as long yeah. as they're within reason. Within reason, you yeah. know, and of course you're going to have that discussion with your kids, you know, please wear a jacket. It's January and you're wearing a t-shirt. No, I'll be fine. Well, there's a choice. You can carry it or wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, so let's talk about how to share then control as, as these uh, choices get more complex as your kids grow up. Right. Like what kind of music are they going to listen to or what can you, what kind of things this you know it's it's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to navigate so how do we share control so that when the really big things that we want to have influence prop up the kid is ready for that right so we we provide choices whenever things are going well at a very young age so Mm -hmm. like you said peas or carrots water or milk light on or off door open or closed Uh, You want to do it by yourself or do you want help? I mean, you're constantly giving them opportunities Mm -hmm. to choose because that's some power and control, right? Um, But then, you know, there's there's the other piece of that, which is when you give choices, you're putting kids in what Love & Logic calls thinking mode, not fighting mode. Okay. Because if you're bossing kids around and you're taking all the control, you're going to get pushback. Mm-hmm. You're going to put your kid in fighting mode. And depending mm-hmm. on the strong-willed kid, the more defiant versus compliant, mm-hmm. that can get pretty intense. Yes. Right? So you give them opportunities to make decisions. You provide choices around a lot of wants. Mm-hmm. But sometimes needs, we don't do that. We have yeah. to, like, we go back to the safety issue, right? Mm-hmm. So giving two choices, and then there's always the kids that decide, well, I don't want the two choices that you're giving me. I'm the more defiant kid might go Mm -hmm. for door number Mm -hmm. three, 
or refuse, and that's when you just go back to one of the two original and say, do you want carrots or peas? Well, I want uh, ice cream. Great, carrots. <laughs> yeah, okay. You take your control back. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a really important uh, uh, principle here of that I just want to reinforce that very early on, uh, give your kids choices like, you know, you're discussing and continually do that light on, light off, door open, door closed. Do you want help or do you want to do it yourself? I mean, asking that all the time. And the reason why is because I've seen a lot of compliant kids, right? Mom and dad are just used to telling them what to do and then they go and do it, stuff like that. And then the kids get older and they're in middle school or high school, and they're around friends, and friends say, here, try these drugs. They do it. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is they're like, my kid was perfect. They always did what I said. And I said, well, that was the problem. Right. They never thought for themselves. They never thought for themselves. And then their pushback was, well, mom and dad wouldn't like this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So this this whole notion that, that you're talking about is really critical for character development. People don't realize how important it really is. And it, part of that character development is understanding that the decisions that I make for myself impact me. Yes. So it's going to impact the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. So I better choose wisely. And so if they've been choosing and deciding and having some power and control their whole life, mm-hmm. they get good at it. Yeah. They get good at making decisions. They understand cause and effect. They'll connect the dots between what I choose and how it impacts me either positively or negatively. So what are some more ideas for control that we can provide for our kids? I think if you go back and listen to one of our earlier podcasts on sense of security, providing consistent and clear expectations Mm -hmm. sets up not just security, but it gives some power and control because they know within which, where are they, you know, how am I operating? What are the rules of the game? Mm-hmm. Which helps give kids some control. Mm-hmm. And then providing choices. We just talked about that whenever possible. Asking for their input and their thoughts and their beliefs and their um, like family meetings, right? What are their opinions? What are their um, choices? What are their uh, preferences? I think that's a really good way to have kids have mm-hmm. some input and some control on mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, and then promoting responsibility and leadership opportunities, that that has a lot of control embedded in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so success and failure aren't really the focus right now when they're young. It's more the experience and the opportunity to learn from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I used to tell my kids all the time, freedom comes with responsibility. You, you always are going to have limits to your power and control in your life. You will never have total control mm-hmm. and particularly you will not have control over others. Mm-hmm. Your, your job is to control yourself. And when you have influence over other people, know that that comes with responsibility. Yeah. And I think one, one little trick is really important when your kids are little is, ha- you know, hold family meetings and bring them together. And, you know, uh, they will be small things like you bring them together and say, hey, we're having a family meeting. Maybe it's a Wednesday or something. And you say, uh, we're going to well, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about Saturday. What are we going to do on Saturday? You know, we've got these opportunities. Here's the options. What do you want to do? And what, then, what time do we start? What yeah. time do we finish? What are we eating? What are we bringing? Who are we exactly. inviting? Yeah. So you start that really, really early on. And what's interesting is when you engage them in that process, then they start anticipating these things and then they get more involved in the decision making process. And when you have a, a family meeting, you know, one of the things that uh, we try to do in our family is before 
every semester of school. Now, in elementary school, you don't really have semesters. But as soon as they started sixth grade or seventh grade and they go to a middle school, then we would have a family meeting and say, okay, how are we going to do, you know, what things are you going to do? You're going to play football or you're not going to play something. You're going to have a job. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. When are you going to do your homework? You know, when are you going to do your church activities? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And so we try to get down and sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you'd have a kid who says, well, I'm going to do everything. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, that's not going to work. Or I'm going to do nothing. And that's it's like, not gonna yeah, that's not going to work either. <laughs> so well, I'm just going to make it up as I go. Well, that's not going to work either. So these family meetings when they're little about what are we going to do on a Saturday or should we go on a ski vacation or should we go somewhere warm at spring break, you know, whatever really play out later on when you're talking about, like you said, they're making decisions that impact the quality of their life. That's right. And so I think that's really important. Have family meetings. They don't need to be these massive summits. You go, we can just say, oh, tonight at dinner, we're gonna, we got a family meeting, you know, and that was always our clues. We just got to talk about some logistics or something of that nature. And something you said, Doug, is really important. When you have these low-key family meetings where mm-hmm. they're kind of innocuous or fun or about vacations or activities or sports or whatever, when you need to hold an important, yes. serious family meeting, they've had some positive reinforcement and experience with the others. So they don't go into it shell-shocked. Yeah. They know how to navigate this. And what are the components and what decisions do we make? And how much control am I being given? And what control do I not have over certain things? Mm-hmm. That's a learning process that goes on a whole lifetime. And that's great, great experience for kids. So let's talk about now kind of the opposite side of the stick, which is too much control, oh. you know, and what that looks like. <laughs> okay. So people who are really controlling are typically very threatening and, and can be actually very commanding and aggressive. Okay. Um, and people on the other side of that don't like that. Mm-hmm. So we don't like micromanagers. Okay. We don't like bossy people. We don't like aggressive people. Um, so kids who have very few decisions to make or few choices in their life, they actually start to get controlling of other people because mm. they don't have a lot of control. So mm-hmm. they sort of pass that along. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then kids who have too much control, um, we talked about, they're just not set up for that and, and neither one of them is good. So if you don't have enough control, or if you have too much, you start to feel a little overwhelmed or powerless. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we have found where parents who are highly controlling mm-hmm. with kids mm-hmm. will create kids that will say, all right, um, I will do it, but it's going to cost you. It's mm-hmm. kind of a revenge mode mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the passive aggressive kid. Mm-hmm. Or they will resort to more of a passive resistance path and they'll mm-hmm. say, well, I forgot, or I'm going to do it at, you know, really slowly at my pace. So mm-hmm. I'll do it, but I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And yeah. Th- that's pushback from somebody who's gotten too controlling. Yeah. And so I think that's what's important is that if you start young when they're, you know, four years old and you say, uh, here's your decisions, here's your options, you know, maybe three, four, whatever. And then you continue that on. You can, as you said, let out the leash. We always use birthdays. 
and we always used uh, the start of school, you know, new school year. Oh, well, you're in the fourth grade now. You know what fourth graders get to do? New opportunities. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, you're eight. You know what eight-year-olds get to do? And we always tried to... We always tried to have fun with it, you know. Well, eight-year-olds get to make their own beds. <laughs> <laughs> or stay up 15 minutes later. Or <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. So it was always, like you said, very important uh, responsibility came with the freedom. It's like, well, you get more time, but now you've got to do your own laundry. Yeah. You know, kind Here's of the thing. good news and the bad news. Here's the good news and the bad news. And so you know, you know what else, Doug? What, what really is important about this discussion is that this isn't just for kids. This is training parents. Yeah. I've dealt with a lot of parents who had all the control and then all of a sudden they have to let go because their kid is driving or they've gone off to college and it's a shock and yeah. they have a very difficult time transitioning. But if you're slowly letting out the leash and giving more responsibility and giving more choices and giving more control all along the way, it's a smoother transition mm -hmm. for you as well. Yes, absolutely. So because when what, we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help children grow into adults. And one of the most important things about being an adult, mature, a good person, a good citizen is self-control. Oh, goodness gracious. Yes. <laughs> and so that's kind of what we're talking about. And so how, how not only are we giving choices with uh, limited options when they're little and we're letting out the leash, let's talk a little bit more about uh, how to model it, I guess, self-control. Yeah. yeah. How do we teach it? So we are modeling it. We are the role model for everything. Thing. kids are watching us constantly mm -hmm. so if they're learning by our example we need to be somebody who's in in control mm -hmm. right so if we have a conflict with our kids an argument with our kids we need to be the one who's calm cool and collected if we lose it we get angry we scream we yell we threaten we get out of control that's exactly what we just did. We got out of control mm -hmm. and we've put them in control. Yeah, right? and I think this is really an important thing to understand is that uh, sometimes what happens, and I've seen this, uh, you know, really pretty regularly, is I'll see uh, a young man. He's, a, he's just a great young man. He's kind of a nice guy and he meets this really charming young lady and she's just sweet and laid back and you know they're both like in the third birth order of their family they're the baby of the family they get together they get married you know and then they oh we're gonna have a baby and their first baby comes along you know and so Chaos. dad is dad <laughs> is mild mannered and mom is you know laid back and Whatever. compliant <laughs> and they have the most strong-willed child you know, I mean, it, the child comes out and grabs a nurse by the throat, you know, and says, now what are we I'm doing? in charge. And they're just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, they have to navigate this. As a matter, Charles Dobson actually wrote a book about the strong-willed child. And, mm -hmm. what, yeah, and I think there's some really great insights in there. But what I found is that uh, it doesn't matter how – because you said we got to model it for him. It doesn't matter how strong-willed your child is. You need to get up on that parent horse and ride it immediately. And ride it correctly. Yes. Yes. And so role modeling is one of the things we can do to help kids uh, learn self-control. The other one is that we are respectful when we speak to them mm -hmm. so that they will learn that they need to be respectful to yes. us. Good parents take care of themselves mm -hmm. and they don't put up with that disrespect or that or that really defiant behavior mm -hmm. because then you're condoning it mm -hmm. and saying it's okay to treat me that way and it's okay for you to be treated that way. That's mm -hmm. th we. That's not good. 
And then the third one is we need to allow kids to struggle through their emotions when they're out of control, when they're young, Mm -hmm. so that they learn how to control themselves when they get older. It's a learned Mm -hmm. process. It is a learned process. And we can make that better or worse by our responses, Mm -hmm. right? So if a two-year-old throws a tantrum and we go running over and say, knock it off, well, good luck with that, right? Because you can't control other people. Or we say, oh, now, now, and we're giving them a lot of negative attention for negative behavior. That's not good either. Mm -hmm. We need to say, oh, go ahead, you know, throw your fit. I'll be over here when you're done. Mm -hmm. They need to work through it. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be something we're involved in necessarily. And it's good to have a a pre-thought-through response. Uh, I really think it's important to understand is that it doesn't matter if your kid's compliant or super strong-willed. It doesn't matter if they're three or if they're 13. The bottom line is is that kids are going to be struggling with the same, you know, flaws that all human beings. And so I believe it's very important to have low expectations of perfect behavior. Absolutely. And that is, you know, the bottom line is, is that character is developed. And what you said there is really important. Emotional self-control is a learned process. Yes. So as a parent, you should expect your children to lie to you. And they, to throw tantrums they, and to do all and kinds to, of Exactly. Stuff. Expect your kids to throw tantrums. Expect your kids to try to steal something. You know, I, I, there's a favorite story that I tell, and that was when I was real little. Uh, my mom, because she had three boys and they were all strong-willed boys, uh, she was, my mom's just a real mild-mannered, so compliant sweet. person. You know, <laughs> I'm like, how in the world did she ever survive that? <laughs> But we the, back then we had these stores called TG and Ys, you know, and so we go to TG and Y. And my mom at first tried to have control over us, and she would say, "Okay, you have to stay with us. You have to have your hand on the cart and stuff." And of course, that just didn't work. It never worked. And so she she decided, as we we're probably seven or eight, she said, "Okay, I'm going to shop, and then uh, when I'm at the cash register, I'm going to pay and leave." And so you need to find me. And it was really interesting how that worked so well for her because we would run we'd run all over the store and then you know we always would run and keep the cash register you know in in eyes you know kind of your eye on it and then when mom is there boom and we and then you started to learn my mom when she goes shopping she kind of shops this long mm-hmm. right so you knew how much time you could so we do that. but uh, the other side of it is one time we uh we're on a bottom shelf, and there was a gumball machine that you could buy and then refills, right? And somebody had opened the box of refills. And so we saw that it was open, and it had kind of spilled on the ground. And, of course, you know, as a boy, it's on the ground. It's freebies. They, they <laughs> mopped the floor. It's obviously clean. So here I was, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And I, so we, I put about five of these things in my mouth. My little brother puts a bunch in his mouth, and then we put some in our pockets, you know, because it's free, you know, so they're going to clean it. So we leave. And my mom, we get in the car and we're driving away. My mom says, "What? what's in your mouth? Where'd you get that? Oh, we found it on the floor. And so she drives right back. Good for her. And she, we walk in and she's like, my kids are stealing, you know. And she walks up to the manager. It says, I need to meet. And says, these boys took some gumballs that had come out of a, br-. and we're like, it's a broken peck. And he's sitting there going, oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And my mom is standing behind us saying, you read them the riot act. You better get on our side. I'm trying to teach a lesson <laughs> I'm here. I'm trying to teach a lesson here. Quit being so nice. And so, 
you know, I, so he's like, oh, oh my goodness, yeah, you know, we don't do that, boys. That's just not good, you know. So I, I always thought that was really funny because teaching those lessons and saying there's things in our family that we just don't tolerate, you know, we just don't do it, and that's really important to teach those lessons and, and teach them early, and to teach them early, and because it helps, you know, when kids develop emotional maturity. It's all learned, and just like character is learned, honesty is learned, truth-telling is learned, love, good character, being selfless. Every one of these things is learned. It's not the natural thing. And, And learning to deal with frustration disappointment, not getting what you want, mm-hmm. not having control over what you want. Mm-hmm. That's a learned behavior. You see people with road rage because they're frustrated in traffic, mm-hmm. or you see people who completely lose it at a sports event because the referee doesn't make the right call, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a learned behavior for that self-control. Yeah. It's a learned behavior to manage those emotions. Yeah. And those that takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. And so I think that's one of the big things about this whole notion or this idea, this critical need about control is that you have to give your kids control so they learn how to control themselves. And it's control that you're okay giving away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's within certain parameters. It's not a safety issue. It's things you can live with. It's choices that you don't care which one they make. You mm-hmm. don't care if they wear the black shirt or the brown shirt. You don't care if they have the carrots or the sweet potatoes. You don't care if they have water or milk, right? It's the fact that you're giving some of those opportunities to, for the, to them mm-hmm. so that they feel like they have some control because it some is a critical need. It is a critical need, and that's really, really important. So that if you give them a little freedom of the clothes that they choose, then on holidays when you want them all to dress the same, you can get your way. And you do that by saying, don't I usually let you decide or yeah. let you choose? Yes. Well, today... I, I choose. <laughs> Everybody's wearing the green sweater with elf on the front. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is really great. Well, we're coming to the end of our time, and uh, what are we going to co- try to address in our next podcast? Oh, we have a big one. Next time, we're going to talk about chores and allowance. Okay. And I'm going to teach you why chores and allowance should be separate. We should not attach money to chores, and we'll talk mm. about why. And why chores are connected not only to a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. which we talked a little bit about, we tipped, mm-hmm. you know, tipped our toe in that in belonging, but chores are hugely connected to academic achievement, to work ethic, and to grit. Okay, well, we definitely want to dig into that. So we want to thank you for listening to this podcast on the lost art of parenting. We want to thank you, Kim Cross, our parenting expert, and we hope that you found something to encourage and inspire you because as a parent, you are the most important person in your child's life. Signing off. Thanks, everybody.